Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Good morning and welcome to the Sunday session with me, Anna Hudson, aka Miss H Teaches. Thank you for joining me today and for choosing to tune in to Teachers Talk Radio, the home of free teacher CPD. We genuinely value each and every one of you and whether you're listening live or have downloaded today's show, I just want to say that your support means a lot and I really hope that you get something out of today's show. So firstly, as always, how are we all? How has your week been? What's one great takeaway moment from this week? What plans have you made? What things have you achieved? What's your plan for the coming week? For some of us, it's almost time to head back to school after what I hope has been a restful and positive half term. For others, you finally made it and your half term is here. (laughs) Congratulations. And if I'm honest, I'm just a tiny little bit jealous of the week you've got ahead. However your week looks, I hope it brings you some positivity and happiness. And as always, if you need any support, please reach out to loved ones, support networks, charities, or us here at Teach Talk Radio, um, slash the Twitterverse, obviously. So, today's show, PSHE and RSE, paramount or problematic. When I chose this topic today, I knew that it would be an interesting one. I knew that it might bring up some controversial topics. I knew that for some people it could be quite stressful, for some it could be quite interesting. Um, And I've really been struck by the tweets and DMs. Um, It's clearly something that a lot of us are talking about, thinking about, are planning. In some cases, yeah, definitely scratching our heads about. So for today, Join me as we explore all things PSHE and RSE, what it looks like in schools, if and why it's so important, thinking about how it's delivered, what challenges it can pose, how we can move forward from the upcoming uh, consultations that we're having with parents and carers, and why is it a topic that causes so much trepidation and concern? So on this journey, I'm not alone. Of course, I've got everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. But also I'm joined by two fantastic guests. I've got Oscar Pimlet, who's a PSHE lead in London. And Amalavali, um, who is a leadership consultant, coach and training provider. So join me as we deep dive into this topic. PSHE, RSE, or sometimes as it's known, RSHE or PD with components of PSHE. Now, for those that don't know, 
the statutory guidance came into effect in 2020, but because of that little known thing called the pandemic, it was actually put back to 2021. And with it came a lot of challenges for, um, for schools across the country. Many schools had already been delivering PSHE for a long time. But when that statutory guidance came in with clear information, including ensuring that we had things like policies, that we had those clear curricular maps, that we were sharing information with parents and carers, it did prove to be quite a difficult and, and quite a, a challenging task for schools to undertake. I myself am a PSHE teacher. I'm also a personal development lead, which means that I lead on PSHE across the school, both primary and secondary. And with that came a lot of hard work, a lot of research, a lot of really considering our PSHE and RSE offer. How do we create a meaningful and impactful curriculum that is personalised and bespoke to the needs of our children, but that also is in line with that statutory guidance and doesn't cause concern for our parents and carers? I'm not going to lie, it was really difficult and challenging and it's something that um, I've taken great pride in over the last few years of developing. But for lots of schools and for lots of PSHE and RSE leads or even PD leads, it is something that is ever evolving. Now, lots of schemes and organisations break down your PSHE and RSE into kind of wider topics Typically, lots of us refer to them as things like health and well-being, relationships and wider world. And that encompasses everything. We know that there are elements within that that are statutory. So health education and relationships education for primary and relationships and sex education for secondary. Both of these are compulsory. And schools have been working hard to develop the, that offer whether it be through timetables and policies, or like I said, even resources. And this is where it gets a little bit tricky because many of us will have seen the backlash on social media over the last year, 18 months around resources, around content that's being taught to pupils across schools. In October, 2023, Gillian Keegan wrote to parents and to schools regarding concerns about some of the materials used. She informed parents and schools that, of course, schools must share resources when asked. She also said that there would be an urgent review of RSHE statutory guidance with an independent panel, but we are still awaiting those results. So with all this, why is PSHE and RSE so problematic? Are we opening up ourselves as educators to issues and stresses? Do we really need to be teaching everything that we're teaching or are we simply plugging the gaps that aren't being filled at home? Well, as I said, as a PSHE teacher, I am really passionate about the subject. I personally think it holds a massive, massive place within the curriculum. I think it's vital for all pupils to have access to a high quality PSHE and RSE curriculum. And from my own perspective, working in alternative provision, I've seen the profound impact it can have on children's health and well-being. But I also recognise that it needs to be personalised and it needs to be meaningful. So how do we create that strong curriculum offer? How do we personalise it when so many 
of the people who and the teachers that are leading PSHE and RSE may not be specialists or may not have a structured timetable place within the school's offer and so are at an odd ad hoc basis trying to ensure that all topics and areas are covered. For many primary colleagues have reached out, they've talked about how their PSHE is delivered perhaps weekly, perhaps through drop down day days, but some of the feedback has been that it's either a class teacher or on occasions a staff member who's the PPA cover. In secondary, I've had many colleagues tell me that it's a form time offer or that it's timetabled time perhaps once or twice every half term. I've had a number of tweets from colleagues saying that one of the biggest stresses for them is trying to cover the whole PSHE and RSE content with very little scheduled time. So how do we move forward? Well, I think it would be remiss of me to not talk about some of the today's focus. We are going to look at some areas, including takeaway tips and how we can champion RSE and PSHE into the curriculum and some of that may involve having those conversations either with lead teachers or SLT. Sometimes that can be a little bit challenging but we'll talk about how you can do that um, but I would really like to hear from yourselves how do you schedule PSHE and RSE into the curriculum? Do you feel confident delivering it if you are a class teacher in primary or a form teacher? Are you a PSHE specialist teacher? Are you passionate about PSHE but don't deliver it? Your feedback is always welcome. So please, please do get in touch. Either request to speak or DM me as I would love to hear your thoughts. Now I am going to move on to speak to our very first guest, which is Oscar. Oscar is a lead teacher um, for PSHE in a primary school in London. Uh, Oscar, I'm hoping that you can uh, that you can hear me. Welcome to the show. Um, hopefully, you should be able to unmute yourself now. Are you there? Hello. Yes. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, Oscar. It is lovely to hear from you. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I, uh, I know that you're as passionate about PSHE as I am. And I've posed quite a lot of questions around curriculum and around how we timetable, etc. But I would really love to hear about your experience and, and how you think we can support colleagues to improve PSHE and RSE within all schools. Um, so firstly, welcome to the show. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit about, about yourself and your background? Yeah, yeah. So um, like you said, I'm a, a primary... Thank you very much for having me. Sorry, by the way, I should start off by saying. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, yeah, I'm a primary school teacher. I um, am from the north originally, but now teaching in London. I went to university just outside of Liverpool, um, which I, I'm sure you'll, you'll know about detecting the accent. Um, I went to, to Edge Hill in Ormskirk. Um, and I did the three-year primary education course there. And then when I finished that in, in kind of May 2022, I was lucky enough to get a kind of early start job in London. So I started in June, literally a month after I'd finished, uh, did two, two months in reception and then moved to year one where I've taught for the last two years. Um, so I'm still technically still in ECT. Uh, I'm in the kind of second year of that. And I guess now we're, we're halfway through this year. I'm three quarters of the way through that ECT programme. Um, and it was at the start of this academic year, so in the September just gone, that I became the, the PSHE lead. So I'm coming at it, um, I think, from a different angle to yourself, a kind of less experienced and, and maybe um, 
more kind of optimistic about the difference that I can that, that we can make um position because I haven't been doing it for too long yet. And yeah. that's absolutely brilliant. I think it's 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 really important as well to acknowledge that I think, you know, I'm quite as lots of listeners will know, I work in AP, so I work across primary and secondary and I've been teaching PSHE and coordinating PSHE for a number of years. But there are lots of listeners and lots of teachers and educators across the UK who will be coming at this as 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 a as a new teacher, whether that is as an ECT or whether that is just as a new PSHE RSE lead, and I think you know there's there's staff that opt in, isn't there, to to want to teach it, and some people are just given that lead role. So I think you know your your views today are going to be absolutely vital for our um, for our listeners. So what drew you to that PSHE lead? Were you, was it, was it a case of being given it, or was it something that you were, had an interest in? It was it was definitely something that I had an interest in. I think the, the um, for any for anyone who's listening who maybe isn't familiar with how it works in primary is that that most teachers tend to lead on a subject, um, and and for me at the start of at the kind of end of last academic year, start of this one, it was just a case of um, almost I, I guess kind of picking from from what I'd, what was was free because of um, because of staff leaving or swapping subjects or going off on maternity or whatever it was. So it wasn't. Um, it wasn't forced on me. There was a bit of a choice, but I think that the PSHE was definitely something that I always had a particular interest in myself. Anyway, I think when I was at university, there was quite a big focus on it. Um, and that kind of led to me being quite interested in it. And I think a lot of the the things that PSHE and RSE particularly now encompasses are things that I'm just generally quite interested in, in terms of, of the world uh, kind of generally, and also how we kind of bring and, and, and sort of educate the children in in that world and and the changes that that kind of that pshe and rse is is undergoing and how we sort of we manage that i think has always been quite interesting to me no i think you make you make a really interesting point there and then we had a really had a really interesting um tweet from john rees who said you know philosophically we are all pshe educators because obviously we are all in schools tackling huge issues that our young people face and are having to support them with them. So although it's got, you know, it's framed under PSAT and RSA or, you know, however, whatever acronym you want to use, we are all <laughs> delivering it every day because we are all tackling these issues that our young people face. So, um, you know, similar to you, that, 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 that's what hooked me in because I think, it's a huge part of education now is that pastoral care isn't it and, and tackling those issues and whether that's a rightly or wrongly that's the situation we find ourselves in so we as educators have a, a duty really to tackle it head on um so obviously i mentioned before a little bit about some of the challenges that you know there's a lot of teachers that have reached out and, and expressed their anxieties around perhaps delivering pshe or the fact that you know there has been quite a a lot of negative press more recently around PSHE and RSE and the, and the resources used, you know, for, for primary, but also for secondary colleagues. You know, what what do you think, you know, delivering it hands on, you're on the front line? What what are the challenges of delivering it, do you think? I think that uh, kind of linking to what you were saying about it being sort of everywhere, one of the, the kind of the most important things is is the children, and particularly for us in primary, where where we do kind of teach it, as a sort of block, you know, my school, it's a block, sort of 45 minutes, one hour, that's your PSHE. But it does go beyond that. It goes far mm -hmm. beyond that because of the things that we teach and the way that that impacts kind of how the children 
develop and also how they are in and around the school you know things like kind of behavior and attitudes towards others are things that we yes we talk explicitly about in PSHE but they're actually really pertinent to everything else that they do you know the way that they interact with others will also come up in maths lessons or in writing lessons the way that they manage their emotions is really important at playtime or at lunchtime so building it into everything that we do I think is a, is a huge part of it is I guess one of the challenges and for the children to see that that application as well of PSHE and RSA particularly I mean for me kind of teaching year one we can teach something in that hour and they'll take something from it but whether they see how they apply that is a, is a kind of a, a total other question and is a little bit more difficult to to kind of build to to build towards it's not as simple as kind of retaining a bit of knowledge and being able to to regurgitate that knowledge when asked yeah no I massively agree and I think sometimes um there's a worry isn't there well there's is there evidence in the books and you know it's, it's in the books so they've covered it but actually it's it's like you said it's that practical application of those skills or even just being able to 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 understand and take on board that information and, and they might not use it straight away but when you see it within the classroom environment when you see it in the in social times or whether you see it applied outside of school that's that's when you know it's it is meaningful and impactful would you agree yeah absolutely I mean I think in terms of the evidence you know we have at my school we have a kind of a floor book so we'll just put sort of very um, kind of hands-off um, little sort of snippets of um, quotes that the children have said or particular vocabulary that's come up that was quite pertinent or if we have done a sort of if there has been a kind of written or, or some sort of drawing or something that the children have been asked to create as part of that lesson then we'll put a couple of those in it but I think that that's not necessarily evidence of the impact that's almost evidence of us doing the lesson the evidence of the impact is in the children's behavior and in the children's attitudes towards one another and in the way that they interact with adults and with children and their kind of their development sort of more inwards rather than than what they can do. And so I think, yeah, the, the, the way that we evidence that is through their behaviour and is, I guess, through as the children age as well, is through their impact and, and, and how they behave in wider society as well, because what we are kind of, I guess, what we want the children to be able to to be and to develop to become is kind of, uh, sort of members of, of, of a community who are kind of contributing and who feel like they belong so whether that is evident in in how they are outside of school I think is also evidence of what we're doing in school. No absolutely and, and do you do you th do you face any other challenges because you know obviously the, there'll be secondary colleagues that listen but you know I'm thinking well I'm thinking particularly about primary there's my own understanding of the curriculum because obviously I plot it too there's quite quite a uh, heavy content from year one to year six um and it's you know there's there's quite a lot to cover um and and it, it obviously as you move into that kind of key stage two phase it does increase in content and, and quite rightly incre increases in that kind of more adult concepts does that pose any challenges does that you know is is that difficult to navigate do you think I think so. Yeah, I think similar to, to kind of what you were saying about it, how, how it must be for, for colleagues in secondary, that we still there's still kind of difficulties in terms of the public attitudes and the public's understanding of what it is and, and public and parental kind of understanding and attitudes towards what we teach, particularly the new kind of the RSE and the, the sort of the, the more the, the statutory guidance around things that we need to be teaching. Uh, it, it, the, the kind of the relationship side of it and the sex education side of it we only touch very briefly on the kind of the sex education side of it within the sort of primary school but it's still 
I think a, a part of the curriculum which isn't understood by a lot of uh, of the kind of the parents of the children that that we're teaching this to, and and I think it's through that lack of understanding sometimes that a bit of animosity can be created towards it, particularly kind of when you look at how, I guess, the media is sort of presenting a lot of the kind of issues that we are that that we're sort of talking about. It's quite easy to see, I think, how they can be sort of skewed and 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 sort of maybe not not understood kind of in terms of what we're actually trying to do yeah I think I, I think it, it, you make a really good interesting point and I think it, it there definitely has been a rise in negativity and, and some of that you know has been warranted because I think we are we, we we brought this statutory guidance into into play at a time that was was challenging and difficult anyway and then it was sort of like get on with it and of course like all teachers we are you know we are time poor we some schools buy into schemes some um some use their own resources and there have been some examples where perhaps resources haven't been appropriate or maybe haven't been screened as 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 effectively or as carefully as you would hope but i guess there's some challenges around there isn't there in terms of of training and for 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 staff and the, the challenge of making sure that you know all staff understand all the content that if a scheme is used it's you know it, it, it it's been screened properly it's appropriate it's being used in the appropriate way and I guess a challenge that fits in with that is is around staff CPD I mean what are your thoughts Oscar do you think it should just be specialist teachers that deliver PSHE you've had that rigorous training do you think there needs to be more training for for uh, for staff around it what what are your thoughts so for us at primary i think that the the idea of of it being a specialist is is something that i'm i'm not necessarily for i think at primary yeah. i think with the 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 ages of the children that we teach and and kind of the way that they interact with us i think it's really important that they see that this subject which is really important and is about their kind of their holistic their whole development i think it's important that they see that that's they get that from from adults that they're familiar with and, and that mm. they know and who have who teach them in, in kind of in all the other subjects and, and so that they can kind of I guess the importance of it is reflected by the fact that that it is us who's doing it but I think you are right in that there has to be there, there should be some more kind of development for, for staff who don't necessarily feel that comfortable teaching it um I think one of the things that that we do at my school is we we use a a scheme for the the kind of the RSE aspects of the curriculum because that allows us to to I guess like you're saying being a little bit more robust in that we know that we are all kind of saying the exact same things when it comes mm. to those parts of the curriculum because it is really important with those more kind of I guess with the kind of statutory and more contentious more possibly contentious parts of the curriculum it is important that we're all sort of singing from the same hymn sheet so we'll use a scheme for those parts, whereas we use a, something that we've written in our school for the other parts of the curriculum. So I, that's kind of the way that we work around it in, in, in primary school. I think in, in, in secondary, I can imagine it, it gets a lot more difficult because, well, I guess all subjects are kind of are taught by, by specialists differently in secondary to they are in primary, aren't they? Your maths teacher is different to your English teacher who'd be different to your history teacher. And I think when I was at secondary school, we had a, a, a separate lesson, which was PSHE, which was taught by what would be viewed now as a PSHE specialist. And I think that that was that was a good way to do it. I, I can only speak from from that experience. I would imagine that it poses 
some quite big time challenges and quite big kind of staffing challenges for the for the people who um, are kind of in charge of making those decisions at secondary. Yeah, no, and, and it, it, it is. And I think um, it's really interesting because although obviously you're right, in, so, in, quite, in some schools they do have, you know, specialist PSHE and RSE teachers, um, quite a lot of the feedback I've had is actually from teachers delivering it. Um, I'd be really interested in any listeners what your feedback is, whether you, you have a, a, a specific PSHE teacher or whether you, you know, it is from teachers, but quite a few of the DMs I've had have been saying, you know, it's 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 form teachers and it's kind of crammed into that time um so it, there's a little bit of inconsistency there isn't there and there's definitely a different certainly regardless of how it is timetable there's definitely a completely different model for primary than secondary and i think you make a really interesting point there about it it being the the staff members the children are most you know familiar with and therefore probably most comfortable with and that also then you are creating that safe environment for the children to have those conversations with because it's their their class teacher and somebody who they've have that you know that that close bond with so I think I think that's not something I've ever considered before around why it should be the class teacher I think that's a really interesting point but I guess for me um I think one of the things that's been interesting from primary colleagues that have reached out is that the, there is either they're teaching from a scheme which obviously you said yourself you use for the relationships education but that um there isn't much opportunity for CPD. I think that's something that um, I, I personally advocate on quite a, quite quite strongly. Um, I've been quite lucky in my provision that I've been given. Um, I have autonomy to to make sure that that happens. But you know, I think it can be quite difficult, can't it, for staff to go and say, actually, we need CPD on this. Is that something you think that that staff do need to be able to do it? Is that is that the lead teacher's responsibility? How how do you think that should look like? I think uh, I, I sort of again I hadn't thought about it until you kind of said it yourself. Then that probably the reason that I or definitely the reason that I feel more confident teaching it than than possibly other teachers do is because, like I said before, at university we had quite a big focus on it. I think it was uh, the years that I went to university was when the kind of the the consultation and then the actual guidance was sort of given out and made statutory. Mm-hmm. So it was obviously. The university had spotted that that was something really important that we needed to be on top of and so we got a lot of input surrounding that and I guess that is what teachers who weren't at university at that time need to feel like they have have got the understanding a similar understanding of it to to what what kind of I feel I had from university and I think that that is I guess it, it is up to the, the the lead to kind of to to um to sort of make that happen, to manifest that kind of CPD, but whether it um, whether it is something that that lead teachers feel is is part of their role is is kind of I guess dependent on the lead teacher. Yeah, I think um, for me as a kind of a top takeaway, it would be to say that to to anybody that's either delivering it or is leading is to to conference with your staff. I think part part of making a really robust curriculum PSHE and RSE curriculum is to do that conferencing with any staff member that delivers it and I think part of that is about reaching out to staff and in a safe environment going through the topics and I say this for for primary and for secondary um, and checking with staff about their comfortability and how comfortable they are in delivering things looking if there's any gaps in knowledge so do they need any specific CPD or, or training or anything but also about any of the triggering things that can be that can come up from PSHE, um, 
you know, obviously I don't want to go into too much detail around the curriculum content because we'd be putting tons of trigger warnings out there. But there are some there are some aspects of both primary and secondary curriculum that can be triggering for staff for a number of reasons. And I think sometimes it's about one of the things I worked really carefully about was saying to staff, if there's anything that you're teaching that you feel um, is triggering because of your own lived experience there's there's a there's a confident you know come and speak to me confidentially and we'll look to cover that lesson we'll look at how we deliver that lesson so that it's not triggering for you not because of not because of um beliefs etc because that's 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 different but around lived experiences that staff might have had where it can be really triggering for example you know in the primary curriculum there's things about bereavement well if somebody's just had a bereavement are they in the right space to deliver that um you know moving into secondary there's a lot more complexities you know particularly thing you know that that you you may need to conference with your staff on so i think that's really important and then having that open dialogue with the team whoever delivers it whether it is you know a small team whether it's class teachers and 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 conferencing with staff and saying are there any topics you think you need cpd on is there anything and and that collective shared learning as well because you know there may be some staff you know like yourself who've had a lot more experience a lot more um cpd than others is there opportunities for that shared learning in-house or signposting staff to external cpd i think is is really important to to take that time because it, it is such a vital part of our curriculum now and it needs to be done you know well and it needs to be robust but but if there's gaps in staff's learning or there's there's issues there we need to navigate that and then if there is big gaps if we do think there's a cpd need there then you've got that evidence from feedback from staff to take it to slt and say this is what staff is saying can we get some support so that would say um, that would kind of be my my top takeaway. I don't know if if you agree with that, Oscar, or yeah. And I think one of the the other kind of um, things that I'd written down about kind of when you said about um, possibly some sort of advice was that I think it's really important that PSHE is a subject that is about it is about kind of looking inward for the children. It's about developing and. and and kind of their their feelings and emotions and and how they are kind of within the world and so part of that is is for us as the teachers of that are we practicing what we preach and I think that that is really important when it comes to those parts of the curriculum which can be quite difficult to teach and can be if you have certain experiences can be quite triggering so that kind of keeping yourself in mind keeping us as the teachers in mind and thinking inwardly and saying actually am I going to be able to teach this because of my experience of it or do I feel capable of doing it is a really important part of it yeah i i think it is it's creating that safe space for everyone isn't it the safe space for the children but the safe space for the staff as well and i think i think it's it's so hugely important and and like you said it's practicing what we preach we we want our 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 students to, to know that it's safe we want them to we literally teach in pshc about personal boundaries but then if we're not if if we're not um if we're not practicing that, if we're not if we're not reflecting, then I I, I agree with you. We, we we're not um we're not being authentic, are we? And and it can be really difficult sometimes to do that. And I want to stress to colleagues, no, no, I know it can be difficult. No one's suggesting you know just go and, you know bounce over to the head teacher's door and knock on and say I'm not teaching this. You know we're not suggesting that. But having that having that opportunity to um to 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 say 
to talk to somebody to talk about any worries that you've got to to talk to to mention you know this is quite triggering for me is really important for that self-care so you know I think I think as lead as leaders of PSHE and RSE we need to be mindful of that but also our teachers need to be mindful of that that it's okay to reach out and say this is triggering or I'm worried about doing this and and getting that extra CPD because sometimes that's a thing in itself is admitting that you might not know about something that you need you need CPD or even for the children I cannot tell you how many times um I've had situations where the kid students have asked me something and I've been honest and said I don't know the answer but I will find out for you and so I think you know just having that open dialogue is is really important um so with that in mind do you think because it, we, we're clearly saying here that PSHE plays such an important part is is there enough time given to PSHE is it timetabled well enough in schools um we've got a, a tweet here from Paul and uh, you know Paul's a regular listener big shout out to him thank you for contributing as always but it says PSHE is wrongly squeezed in during a half hour or so ticker box RSE is grudgingly completed when necessary it's much lower down in the food chain of subjects but definitely has its importance in a culture of growing social and emotional problems I I couldn't agree more Paul but what 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 do you think Oscar do you think there's there's enough time given to PSHE I think on the whole, no. You know, I, I agree with with what Paul said that where it's where it is half an hour, and and you squeeze in the topic of the lesson within half an hour, and it's never touched on again, is it's similar to to how we talk about learning in all subjects. If we're not if we're not returning to things, if we're not revisiting them, if we're not bringing that knowledge up and using that knowledge, then it might as well be lost. That half an hour is wasted, and I think that's definitely true of PSHE because it is one of those not core subjects that we do squeeze into to half an hour, sometimes 15 minute in primary school, sometimes 15 minute slots, mm-hmm. where what are we really achieving in that 15 minutes? And, and are we ever coming back to what we feel like we've achieved to check that it's working or to check that it's had any impact? And I think a lot of the time the answer is no. Um, some Something that, that my school have done, and I know some other schools that I went on kind of placements to and things to kind of try and build it up is is sort of, Fleshing out the time that it has in the timetable for one, so giving it a, an actual block time that's similar to the amount of time that other subjects have within the the kind of weekly timetable, and then also building in the topic of of PSHE. So we have a kind of a, a sort of strand that follows through throughout all years. So year one, two, three, four, five, and six will all be learning uh, on a similar learning kind of lessons based off a similar strand at the same time. So then our assemblies and, and kind of the, the way that we interact with children in and around the school in, con- in the context of not a lesson, we, c- we know we can kind of base it all around that strand because all of the children are sort of building up their knowledge of a part of PSHE that's in that strand. So I think there's, the, the answer is no, not at the minute, but there are ways that, that we can kind of build it in in such a kind of time squeezed sort of environment. I, I I really and I love that idea. You know, I think that's that's a that's a really that's a really positive way to do it, isn't it? I mean, personally, I I would agree with Paul. I think particularly in primary, but also in secondary, I think there isn't enough time dedicated to it. I think it would be incredibly remiss of us not to talk about the importance of PSHE and RSE in regards to safeguarding. I'm also a a, a DDSL, and I think that it's massively important. Um, 
to have PSHE because it literally equips our children with those life skills to help them be safe. And it also, you know, within just within with within the school environment itself, it it sometimes opens up opens up conversations that that give you that piece of the missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle, which provides you with that safeguarding picture that you may have had relating to that pupil or that cohort. So you know, I think. I think it's massively important. I think we've got this issue around, you know, we there's been lots of shows around, um, you know, behaviour, attendance, safeguarding itself. PSHE encompasses all those, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's emotional well-being, resilience, it's it, it, mental health. It's it's huge. And I think it, it's unfortunate that for whatever reason, it, it, it doesn't seem to be given the kudos it deserves. It doesn't seem to be given that 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 timetable and that care. I mean, you know, if we talked about core subjects and we said that, that pupils were going to have 15 minute lessons and that would be it. I think, you know, the, the, there'd be quite a lot of backlash to that. But I think, you know, in, in many schools, they're getting a form time slot and it's like, get it in, get it done, um, which is, you know, it's it not an effective use of, of the way PSHE should be delivered. And, I, and, and you know, and I, I think if we evaluated it, I, I think our pupils and our students would probably say the same. They're probably not getting the best out of what PSHE can be because they're not getting that and to explore it fully and then develop those skills and that knowledge that then they can take out into into the wider world um oscar i'm having the best time talking to you i could do this all day um but i think it, again it would be really remiss of me to just not mention our incredible um partnership with john cat educational they publish professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world have you checked out their latest releases Use code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Or visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. They are incredible and I would highly recommend if you're looking for things on PSHE to go and check out their website and look for yourself. Um, Oscar, honestly, this is just such an interesting conversation and, and, you know, and I think both of us are really incredibly passionate about... Um, PSA and IRSA and the, the impact it can have but but for perhaps for the colleagues that are just starting out on their journey or maybe just taking on that lead role you mentioned before about evidencing but but how do we how do we best evidence uh, you know a, a meaningful and impactful curriculum because that's what we want isn't it we want our curriculum to be meaningful and impactful but then we have to evidence it so so I guess that's two parts of the question firstly how do we create a meaningful and purposeful curriculum? And then secondly, how do we evidence it? I think the the, the curriculum being meaningful uh, kind of means different things dependent on who you are and where you are. Um, so PSHE that, that I teach in Lewisham will be and should be directly related to the, the issues and the, the kind of the things that are going on in London and in Lewisham, yeah. which will be different to to when I was on placement teaching PSHE in, in St. Helens near Liverpool, that the issues that, that those environments are facing will be entirely different. And the PSHE that we teach and how we ensure that our children are developing holistically should be rooted in the environment, the community that we and that the children are in. So I think a meaningful curriculum differs where you are the meaning of it differs because it it, it has to differ because the areas differ so Absolutely. 
the, the, the curriculum being meaningful, I think the first thing is that it can't be blanket. As much as we, we will use schemes, and like I said, my school school uses it for the RSE part of, of the curriculum, it can't be used for everything because the, the things that we are talking about and, and the issues that we're kind of trying to address through PSHE education are different from school to school. So it, th- th- that curriculum cannot be blanket. It has to have some flexibility to it that allows for different schools to, to interpret it in a way that they need to. Um, and I think the second part of it being meaningful is that it has to be taught, as, as we've kind of touched on already, it has to be taught by professionals who feel that they are capable of teaching it, who feel that they understand well enough the curriculum and, and the pedagogy behind how we teach it, and that they're also committed to it, that they understand the importance of PSHE. I think going back to what we were saying about it kind of being often being squeezed into sort of little, little slots, I think the reason for that, or part of the reason for that, is because there are a lot of, of people within schools who may feel that PSHE can be taught implicitly through other things because it is so wide ranging, because it covers everything and we talk about it quite a lot of the time implicitly. They think that some people think that we don't need to teach it explicitly. It doesn't need that time. And I think actually if we are building a meaningful curriculum, we need to acknowledge that actually we need time to achieve the goals of that curriculum and we need time that isn't you know, in sort of squeezed into form time, like you said, in secondary or squeezed in before an assembly or right at the end of the day, if it's in primary school. Yeah, I, I hugely agree. I, I think that's massive. And uh, so how do we go about evidencing it then? What do we, you know, you mentioned before about floor books and things, which I think are really important, but, you know, is there more that we can do is there is that we were talking before about that impact and how you know it's not it, it can't it, it can't just be demonstrated in a book but how do we then demonstrate that it is effective how do we have evidence and evaluate that do you think i think i mean it, it's really difficult because we're kind of it feels almost like we're, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place because we're kind of acknowledging that we haven't got the time it, we need to effectively teach it and to to effective to deliver it as effective as it could be but at the same time for for kind of reasons that we don't need to go into here that we have to evidence it and we have Mm -hmm. to kind of show evidence of of the fact that we are teaching it and the impact that it does have i think the the compromise that almost that that we've sort of come to um that i've kind of come to as as pshe lit at our school is that the evidence that's in the floor books and the evidence that that um people come into school to actually physically look at really needs to be little to none because what we what we kind of or what I hope and and what we've started to see is that through saving time in the in the lessons and using more time to to actually teach and engage in a conversation with the children rather than um you know creating a really laborious um kind of piece of writing or or the actual kind of something physical that the children can stick in a book in saving that time we've developed we've we've got better conversations coming out the teaching we feel is more effective because we're given we've got more time in the lessons to kind of explore the the actual the point of the lesson the question the children's feelings about it and like you said link it back to 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 things like safeguarding needs you know to, to to really kind of dive into those aspects rather than rushing through the content in five minutes so that we can spend 10 minutes um writing something so that we can stick it in you know yeah. we found that using that time more effectively in the lessons and actually really stripping back the evidence has meant that we're seeing more evidence of what we're teaching through their actions and through their mm-hmm. behavior and through 
the way that the children are engaging with the rest of the curriculum and, and the way that they're able to articulate what we're talking about in PSHE. I think that our evidence we found is through that rather than through, you know, a kind of ink on a page. Yeah, and I think that's 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 massive, isn't it? And I think also it, it allows pupils who maybe have got barriers to to literacy or perhaps those anxieties around writing, it allows them to fully engage in the lesson without having um, that anxiety there or that barrier. So I think finding ways to 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 make PSHE engaging and to focus more on the content is really important. One of the things that um, I've suggested to other people who are like, we've got to have something is to sometimes record, voice record the conversations, the debates, you know, the the discussions. So you've got some evidence that way. Or sometimes at the beginning and the end of a, of a module to do a, a little tick sheet evaluation of what they knew before and what they know after. But but that to be a very quick activity so that, like you said, the main focus is all around that content, around that discussion, around those the embedding those life skills embedding that knowledge so that they you know so that you're you're building on that all the time and they've got that acquisition of learning and that that real deep-seated knowledge I think is is just so so important and I, I just massively agree with you but so what what advice would you give so we've talked a little bit about obviously the curriculum and making sure it is personalized and making sure it is you know it, it offers that 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 bespoke approach and we've talked a little bit about some of the ways you can evidence and maybe putting more weight on that pupil voice and 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 the content rather than kind of working books but what advice would you give to anybody who you know not so similar to you is is just starting out themselves as either delivering pshe or is leading on it have you got any top tips or advice for them yeah, I think uh, just to, to kind of to touch back on, on what you were saying about the voice recording, something that I'm a, a huge fan of and I use it in like nearly all of the lessons that I teach is a QR code that can kind of be stuck into a floor book or, or a um, or an exercise book of, you know, a kind of like you say of, of some sort of recording. And then if if the school or, or the, the local authority, whoever it is, requires something to be stuck in books, it could be, a, you know, a QR code that links to a kind of video or a voice recording, like you said. Brilliant! I love that idea. Love that, um, and I think that's a great that's a that, that's a great um, takeaway for for any new leads or, or teachers. Is you know reduce that workload, but also you've got a little bit of evidence to back it up there. I think that's that that's a, a a great piece of advice. Any other advice for any leads or any you know any teachers that are starting out or even developed in their career? Just anything you you know you think is important. I think uh, kind of similar to, to what you were saying, I guess, in terms of, of the, the, the staff feeling confident is that the kind of the PSHE lead being confident about about what it is and, and kind of linking back to what I was saying before about it being school related, about that that PSHE lead understanding why we need to teach sorry these parts of, of, of the curriculum. We need to focus more on that in this area. Um, so kind of engaging with parents, engaging with the children, engaging with the staff, conferencing like them, like, um, conferencing them, sorry, like you said, to try and understand which bits of the curriculum are really important here. You know, why do we need to focus a little bit more on this in this area as opposed to this, which we, you know, we can kind of see is OK. So understanding that and, and feeling confident enough to back that up if, if they're kind of asked about it and also to be able to say, oh, do you know what? I've spotted this. I think we need to spend more time on this in our school because it seems like there's a bit of a trend towards this I absolutely agree and I think in conferencing with your staff as well you you know 
nobody know nobody knows the community better than the people that live in it nobody knows what 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 these children face better than the families and the and the and the community and i think drawing them in as well is really important and conferencing with staff whether they you know live in the local area or because they're teaching the local area and and looking at looking at what the, the children are facing look at what the community is facing making sure that you know and being strong enough in conviction to say do you know what as a school we can see that this is becoming a trend or we can see that you know our communities are facing these problems how do we weave that into the curriculum so that we we, we tackle that that we support the children that we make sure that PSHE curriculum is personalized is also really really important um, and I think that's the same for, for the pupils for me you know conferencing with the children you know what do they think are the biggest problems that they're facing at the moment what do they think they need to learn about in PSHE and and I'll be honest quite often it really surprises me what their values are compared to what I think they should be so I think regular you know as a lead having that regular conferencing with staff with parents and carers and then with the children just helps you to create that really robust curriculum doesn't it and really like you said emphasizes that personalization which then in turn makes the curriculum meaningful which in turn supports the children which in turn is evidence um so yeah i think i think that's really important um oscar just finally i want to ask you um how do we you know how do you or how do you approach you know your parents and carers that may be nervous or a little bit apprehensive or concerned about pshe and rse how do you how do you navigate that how do you best support and engage with those parents so this is something really the first thing i'm going to say is something that i can't take any credit for because it was done by the um the pshe lead at the time and the deputy head um at the time but they uh, at the school that i teach at now they hosted a kind of what i guess was a, a sort of a q a a kind of a, a conferencing q a with parents and with the children of our local community uh, so before we'd written, before the school had written the, the 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 policies that they needed based on the new guidance, so maybe two or three years ago this was now, um, and they had a conversation, that Q&A with the parents, with the children, about what this new guidance means, what it means that we will need to teach and, and sort of explaining to the parents exactly what that means and why we need to teach it now. And then taking questions from them to try and understand if they've got, you know, like you say, if they've got issues or they've got questions about it, to, to address those head on straight away before it was kind of, um, I guess, before it, the, the, the issue was allowed to kind of snowball and to get a little bit bigger than it actually was. And so mm. I think for me now as PSHE lead, that's put me in a great position because it's still the same parents that are, that are kind of within the school and that, whose children are still being taught following that policy. It's those parents who engage with that who are still in the school. So I think that allowed us as a school to create a really positive culture around it and it meant that we were kind of in a much better position than than if we'd just kind of gone this is our policy this is what we're teaching read it and it, it starts as of you know this date so I think I've been quite lucky in inheriting the the, the PSHE subject in a school where it was kind of the the the, the parental engagement was already quite high and it, it was already quite positive in, in that kind of um in terms of PSHE and how we teach it. But I think it is really difficult because a lot of the, the issues that, that kind of parents will raise are often issues that are kind of, I guess, wider sort of public issues, you know, things that in the media are, are kind of posed to be quite a big issue and that um, people even without children have quite strong opinions of. 
and so it, it can be quite difficult because there's a lot of different players in the conversation. It's not it's not as simple as a kind of a one on one conversation. No, that's and um, that's a that's a really important a point a point to make. Um, Oscar, it has been absolutely brilliant to talk to you, and I honestly I really hope you stay on because I've got so many more questions to ask you. Um, but I'm really delighted that I've also managed to get another speaker on who hopefully can talk a little bit about from um. A, a slightly different perspective of someone that delivers training around um, a PSHE. So, um, Mal, I hope that you're there and can hear me. Can you hear me, Mal? Oh, we might be having a little technical issue here. Um, Mal is, uh, is is what I would call TTR royalty, as she was described recently um, by, to me. Um, she delivers training and CPD and is absolutely brilliant on all things PSHE. I'm hoping that you can hear me now. Can you hear me, Mal? Hmm. We seem to be having a little bit of a technical hitch here. Um, Mal, please do get in touch with the team just to see if we can we can rectify the problem because we would really, really like to speak to you and to get your perspective, obviously, as someone that delivers training around PSHA, around kind of those, those important issues. Hopefully, um, you'll be able to get in touch with us soon and obviously just, just share that 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 knowledge because it is really important you know you know this isn't all primary based um you know we want to hear from from people that deliver in secondary as well um really really important um topic in both primary and secondary um i think oscar's raised some incredibly brilliant points particularly around that personalization and i would say from a secondary point of view it can be quite tricky obviously the the content increases um even more I think the depth of it and the kind of the nuances of it can be quite tricky particularly when you're dealing with with students who are who are going through changes themselves um who can struggle um so it's it's really important that you create a safe environment I cannot stress that enough I think it can be really hard particularly as so many people have said um they're delivering from a um a, a form time perspective or perhaps um you know it's crammed into the timetable or it's a drop down day maybe maybe one afternoon every half term it's difficult to create that environment but you 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 really have to try because there's there's so much content that needs to be covered but also our young people need a safe space to be able to open up to have those conversations uh, mal i'm just wondering if you can if you if if you're able to join us have we managed to fix our technical difficulty mal are you there hello ah, hi, mal. <laughs> yeah i think i needed to be unmuted i wasn't sure what was going on there but never mind <laughs> i'm um, here <laughs> i'm so delighted to have you on the show mal would you be able to like introduce yourself to our listeners and, and just share a little bit about your your background yeah sure um i'm from london and i taught history for 20 years was a senior leader um responsible for teaching and learning and cpd across multi-academy trust uh and that included pshe so and once i had a couple of children i still have them uh once i had them i decided i needed to spend more i wanted to spend more time with them and need more flexible time so i set up my own business as a consultant and so i provide cpd in leadership coaching and pshe 
Amazing. So obviously, you know, you're coming at this from a very different perspective to Oscar and, and also myself um, in mm. terms you know, you're you're kind of supporting us in delivering that content and making sure we're we're you know we're we're effectively delivering PSHE and RSE. Um, why do you think PSHE and RSE is so important? Is does it does you know the conversation so far for myself and for Oscar? We you know we passionately believe it's so important, but 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 do you do you agree? Why do you, do you think it's important? Absolutely. Um, I. Um... I came at it when, um, well, when I did my PGCE, year 2000, <laughs> you probably weren't born, but <laughs> year 2000, um, it was hardly mentioned. And as far as I was concerned, I was training to be a history teacher. So it was a bit of a shock suddenly being thrown in a classroom and told you need to teach this and I'm like but I, I don't know anything about this and uh, then when I became an NQT um, everybody around me were very experienced and so when I asked questions I was kind of shot down so I didn't feel confident to ask anybody questions because they were like what's your problem kind of thing and it really got to me it, it was just it was very difficult to teach and especially the background I come from I come from a South Asian background we don't you know I'd never said the word sex out loud <laughs> and then you've got all these other words as well and I was oh my god so it was um it was I found it extremely difficult but I also felt I couldn't talk to anybody about that either yeah. um and I had zero training as well and then when I became an assistant principal I was suddenly in charge of, because part of humanities that I was responsible for was PSHE. And humanities was in such a state that all my concentration was on that. There, was, there wasn't any schemes at work. I had NQTs, OTTs, GTPs, Teach First, all of my faculty. So uh, my concentration was elsewhere. And where um, the whole PSHE thing blew up for me was when I was rushing through the school to get somewhere and one of the nurses who had been in because it had been organised by my predecessor that they'd come in and talk to the kids about um, contraception I think it was and she said to me oh I just wanted to flag up something and I was like yeah yeah and she said well we're supposed to be here talking about contraception but the children you know the girls were asking about periods and I was like what? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and that was a real, uh, I was like a slap in the face because it was really hit home that, oh, crikey, you know, because no, the I was working in outer London, in um, Hillingdon, a borough where there's, you know, one of the poorest boroughs in the country and um, probably about 80% English as an additional language. So you've got communities where there's no way to talk about this stuff at home. So I thought, oh, crikey, I need to look into this because this is really important. This is too important. I got They can't get to 14 and not know about periods. So I started to look into it. I did a few courses. And um, one of the major things I did was look at the statistics for um, the Botwell area where I was working. And I think you talked about this with Oscar, about the reasons why. Why are we teaching this? PSHE at the school was not popular. Teachers hated teaching it. Children hated, you know, they just were just thrown onto computers and they could do what they like. It was not a respected subject. And when I looked at the statistics, I said to my head teacher, I need to share this 
with the rest of the staff can I have a slot in um, September inset so I did September inset I shared with them the numbers of young people who may not get pregnant whilst they're with us but by the time they're 21 they'll have an unwanted pregnancy and the lack of condom use the number of STIs and not just for the country but for specifically the Botwell area and the shock on the teachers faces they were like oh my god and then I said and this is why this subject is so important at this school now, previous to me doing that, I was being shouted at across the room about, oh, I don't want to teach this. No, this is against my religion and blah, blah, blah. But I also shared with them the Equality Act of 2010 and said, you know, by law, <laughs> we cannot discriminate. By law, this is your duty. By law, this is what we need to do. But regardless of law, we're talking about young people who need this education. Mm. And after that, I, I had zero backlash from the staff and then um, I put in a whole program of CPD for the staff and I had people fully on board you know they felt more equipped to teach it and it rapidly within a year became children's favorite subject they absolutely loved it because the teachers felt more equipped and I ran I mean you talked about um, how do we assess how well we're doing but I and this this was the days before you had things like Survey Monkey. I did these um, booklets where you have uh, evaluations from the students from every single year, and evaluations from staff every term on what went well, what do they need more help with, uh, where do they feel the next CPD should be on. I mean, I had a program, but sometimes it was like actually there's a gap here. Let's change that and put something in. And so staff felt they could ask me and children you know were very well we know what children are like, very honest about what they like didn't like and um yeah I was very proud of what we achieved at that school and um yeah PSHE the other thing I did was that um humanities was taught once a day whether it is um history geography or RE and what I did was I said that once a week we need to put in PSHE. So every Friday will be PSHE. And uh, the head teacher wasn't sure at first. And I said, look, it's just too important for this community. And he's like, okay, let's do it. So once a week, um, Key Stage 3 had PSHE. And that made a huge difference as well. Yeah, I think timetabling is, is such an important thing. And I think you know similar to what what Oscar said I think we're, we're all really passionate about making it really personalized and making sure mm. that he's got that personalized approach but actually if you're the lead or a member of leadership and having to take you know take the argument to SLT or your head teacher to say no we this can't just be you know 15 minutes this can't just be mm. bomb time it needs to be more it is about pulling that data isn't it about conferencing the yeah. children to see where the gaps in their knowledge is taking that data from and I, I champion this all the time but public health data your community mm. from the local um, police you you know yeah. it, all that and take that to you know to the team and say 
these are the issues our children are facing. This is where their gaps in knowledge are because they're telling us. This is what our staff and pupils are saying. We need to, it needs more time. And, and then you're giving it that more weight as well, aren't you? Because you're, you're using that data to support why it absolutely Absolutely. Needs- yeah. And it's this, this idea, idea of timetabled. I mean, I've worked in schools where it is just during form time and it is like a drop down day every few weeks or something you know it's like when people say oh how do I fit in exercise well the fact that you're saying trying to fit in exercise means you don't value it and that's the same with PSHE it should be a proper timetable subject and if you're trying to squeeze it in here or there then it's not it's clearly not valued and the children will see that this is not a valued subject it's so interesting you should say that because Brent's uh, tweeted, the irony is that the topic's content and the relevance of PSHE is the highest priority and usefulness to our kids. And yet in resources, priority and in time is the most poorest of subjects. If it was yeah. exactly different, which is so sad. It's true, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, what um, I remember having this boy, he was, he, I had to pull him out of a lesson. He was, <laughs> He was he was a terror <laughs> in that lesson. I mean, it was fine everywhere. It was just that particular lesson. He hated it. And I pulled him out and he was in my office and I was chatting to him saying, oh, what's your favourite subject? And he said, oh, PSHE. And I thought, oh, really? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> and and uh, he said, well, you talk about life and stuff, innit? And I was like, yeah, that just sums it up. You know, the fact that children feel they can talk about life and stuff in it you know that that's exactly what you want you want them to be able to talk about their emotions you want them to be able to navigate um issues and be able to debate and um have a chat and argue but in a way that isn't so polarized the way society is these days in the uk you know so you want those kind of skills yeah oh no absolutely um so what you know obviously because we're having those conversations and particularly in secondary they can be quite as i mentioned before they can be quite complex they can be quite Mm -hmm. uh, they they can be quite challenging because as particularly as we move up through the curriculum into secondary the topics and the content become so much more detailed and reflect Mm -hmm. what our children face what what do you think the challenges are for our, our teachers in navigating that and, and, and making sure that the curriculum's kind of robust and, and, and covers what needs to be done? How how do our teachers navigate that? Again, I think that's another mindset issue because if we're coming at it, say, I mean, like I said, I taught history. If, you, if you're teaching history, there's an awful lot of knowledge and, you know, content that needs to get through. Now, with PSHE, it's more about the skills. It's more about, um, okay, can they be assertive? Are they able to say no to certain things? If they can say no to a cigarette, they can say no to sex, they can say no to a range of things. That, you know, we, we want them to be able to work on their skills over the years rather than, you know, there is no point knowing that this is a class A drug and that is a class B drug if you can't say no to peer pressure of someone trying to make you take drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So in that sense, it's the skills that are important. Absolutely. I, 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 so how, 
how do we because there's i know i mentioned it with oscar before and oscar gave a really really interesting sort of answer for primary around evidence in it but if we we want them to have that acquisition of skills we want them to be able to demonstrate it but for schools where there is a pressure to evidence how do we evidence it yeah i have a real issue with this evidence stuff who's the evidence for and what what is the purpose of this evidence um fair enough if you're if you're seeing it like you would any subject where you need to know what progress they're making um but the language around pshe assessment and evidence is well wrong (laughs) i believe (laughs) because it's all about oh what can we show that they've done what can we show that they've done and i'm like why you know there's no point showing that they've done sex education if you can ever do sex education completely um if they're going to go off and get pregnant by the time they're 16 you know it's just what we that's what i mean by the skills is you know lately i've been making these rubrics kind of like rubrics around um being assertive like um what is the ultimate we want from children they want to be able to say their wants and needs without being aggressive or too passive or something like that we want them to be able to say no we want them to stand up to peer pressure we want them to um be able to argue their point of view and so I've been creating these rubrics so that it's easier for teachers to be able to assess where their pupils are and for young people to be able to um, peer assess themselves or self-assess themselves because the the other reason is and part of the training that I give teachers and something that I found like 15 years ago when I was training teachers um, on how to teach assertiveness to young people as part of PSHE is that teachers 100% of the time couldn't show me how to be assertive they would show me being passive or being aggressive and I'm like okay that's not you know so I'd give them a scenario like so-and-so Mr so-and-so asked Miss so-and-so out and Miss so-and-so say no okay and you'd hit you know Miss so-and-so would be like oh yeah I'm really sorry I'm really busy that day you know <laughs> and I'm like yeah that's not really assertive you're making excuses you're being passive oh okay and then somebody else goes, oh, I can do it, I can do it. And then they'll come up and go, yeah, you know, and say something really rude. <laughs> and I'm like, right, okay, that's not <laughs> being assertive. So part of the training, and it's like Oscar mentioned about emotional regulation earlier, a lot of adults don't have this. They don't know how to emotionally regulate themselves and they don't know how to be assertive. So part of the training that we give teachers is that, because we can't assume that teachers know how to teach being assertive, how to manage risk, how to, we can't assume this because teachers were once kids who had possibly difficult childhoods, Mm. who possibly went through all kinds, like you were saying about triggers, you know, they've probably been through all that. So they they may not know how to um, be in this kind of way. You know, so we're getting them to teach pupils on how to be assertive, but they don't know how to be assertive themselves. That's such and I think that you know, and so when it comes to CPD, that's why CPD is so so important. 
I massively agree. And actually on that, it would be really remiss of me just not to mention our incredible um, sponsors again, John Cat Educational, who publish professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools across the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. So important, like you said, about CPD. And, and that that brings me on to another question, Mal. Is there enough CPD for staff? And, you know, we, we've Oscar's mentioned, obviously, really interesting point about class teachers delivering PSHE and RSE in, uh, or relationships education, I should say, in primary because that's who the closest bonds with and it, it shows that you know this is a subject that all teachers and that all people experience that's really important in secondary mm. sometimes it's form teachers sometimes it's specialist teacher but it isn't always and like we said you know sometimes it's crammed into these slots sometimes staff haven't got the cpd is enough training given to staff and and what if staff feel like they need training how you know how do we navigate that Short answer, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not enough training. And I tell you what part of the problem is, is that often you get a teacher that you don't, you know, from a leadership perspective, you don't want them to leave. So you want to give them a management point. So, OK, PSHE is going. So let's give them a PSHE to lead. And from a SLT perspective, they're not thinking of this holistically. They're thinking of this, oh, we just need somebody to be in charge of this subject that's going to sort out the schemes at work and make sure everyone's teaching it. But the reality is, if you're leading PSHE, it's a whole school subject. And if you think about whole school subjects, you know, it tends to be English, math, science. Um, there's not many subjects that are whole school. And then with English, maths and science, you have specialist teachers. So you've got someone who's leading PSHE, who usually hasn't got much experience of leadership, and they're navigating parent teacher and pupil backlash um they're dealing with pedagogy around sensitive topics it's a different kind of pedagogy i mean you know this it's a different kind i mean it completely transformed the way i taught history with all the studying i did around pshe and you're managing a range of staff whose primary subject is not your subject that you're responsible for and that requires leadership training leadership cpd and i can tell you nine out of ten pshe leaders do not have this leadership training and i i think that is hugely remiss and quite often um they've got quite a big timetable they might be given one hour a week if you're lucky one person i saw on facebook in a facebook pshe group said that she had one hour a fortnight to lead the subject and i said so you need to go back <laughs> and have a word because that that that's not how are you supposed to lead a subject like this which is crucial in terms of legally what you are and aren't allowed to talk about and you've got sensitive areas you need to be so so sure that you've got this right and you know, you never know one little thing that gets out and then people misunderstand and that could create a huge furore in the, uh, you know, community. It's a massive responsibility. So 
training is absolutely required for the PSHE leads. And it's just like I say, the PSHE lead may not know how to emotionally regulate. They may not know how to be assertive. Um, and then they're supposed to be providing CPD for the rest of the team who are teaching this. So I think the starting point is the PSHE lead. We can't get everybody in the school that teaches PSHE to do training unless you've got a really well-trained PSHE lead who could do it in-house. Yeah. I think in we mentioned, Oscar and I talked before about that conferencing all the time and, you know, it, offering staff that opportunity to talk about gaps in knowledge or go through the curriculum yeah. and say, I'm not quite sure on this area or that area and navigating and creating that safe space which I talked about before for pupils to have but also for for staff to have to talk about and identify those gaps and then and then identify you know it can it be a shared learning experience where you know you you share that knowledge between yourselves because like you said the, the leads had that training or is it something that you identify as a group that everybody needs to have that training and that or that specific CPD and it, it's it's really about that co continual reflective practice isn't it you know and, and mm. evaluating that curriculum is it, it, it is it as meaningful is it as purposeful is it as bespoke and as personalized as it can be what exactly you know, yeah and then from that okay these are the hot topics this is what we need to address how do we do it who can do it who's comfortable do we have gaps mm. do, we need to do, do we need to do more training on it do we need to ask for more time do we need to get an external agency and do we need to reach out to our our local agencies like it really is such a jigsaw puzzle to put together and then as it we is. as Austin and I both said you know and then there's the safeguarding aspect of it isn't there mm. and like myself, you know it plays such a huge part in safeguarding and yet it's you know and that in itself takes training and and being able yeah. to you know, be confident in your safeguarding policies how you how you approach those subjects if they come up or those issues if they come up and then how you ensure the safeguarding of the children in the class the, the you know and the staff as well i think yeah it, yeah I think you've you've so more eloquently than I ever could really brought home how important PSHE is within the curriculum and yet even like so many people have said it, it's just not given that weight is it and then and it's not given that CPD weight but it goes that it goes all the way to the DFE because a few years back myself and a few other PSHE you know consultants were asked to come to the DfE and uh, they were asking our advice on the curriculum and stuff and uh, so we went in and they said okay so we're thinking of doing this this and this uh, what are your thoughts and I said well well you can give that to schools but is it backed up with training is it backed up with CPD and they're like mm, no and we all sat there going well there's no point then because you can hand over a scheme of work, but unless you train people to use it, you, you know, it, it, it's pointless. Because like you say, you can't just have something off the shelf that works in every single school. You have to consider 
you know, the the nature of the community, you have to consider the context of the school. You have to talk about what's relevant to the children in that area. You have to um, think about the staff and their own values. And it doesn't mean that you're adjusting what you're teaching. You're looking at, okay, these are their values, but I probably need to, you know, we probably need to hit home a bit more about the Equalities Act and what their responsibilities are in a British school. So it's it's that sort of thing, because I work with international schools as well on PSHE and they're British international schools, but they have like because I live in Spain, they'd, you know, they have like Spanish kids in their schools. And so it, it can get a bit muddied, like, oh, am I, you know, I, they're, they're very traditional. And I was like, there might be traditional backgrounds, but they're in a British school. And so you, you're following the British curriculum. And they're like, oh, OK, OK. So it, it can get a bit muddied sometimes, but actually it is very simple. That's such and because, of course, we hadn't even considered those international schools and the kind of the, the complexities that they may face. But, you know, mm. like you're saying, you know, it, it, we've got to be it's that simple. We've got, you know, we've got a duty of care to teach PSHA. We've got a duty of yeah. care to teach that relationship education or in secondary that sex education. And I think we've got we've we've got to be clear on that and passionate about it but also like you said trained in it and make sure that we are mm. because it is a minefield and I've had so many dms and, and tweets around kind of some staff expressing quite a lot of anxiety oh it's a bit of a minefield it feels like you know when we get to the the relationships or the rse part of the curriculum we're kind of all on tenterhooks thinking of what's going to come out and stuff and i think for me mm. oscar said it really good towards the end of our chat about he was talking about you know his school and how obviously you know that the consultation had been done before and the parents mm. were really bored but i think that for me I, I don't know about yourself constantly offering that consultation reaching out to parents there yeah. isn't for yeah. We, we obviously we've got our, our obligation to, to publish resources um offer those published resources if parents and carers request them but also to publish our curriculum maps etc but mm. for it tokenistic for it to be more than that inviting parents to come in and see what we're doing and present them with yeah. it well so that they can see why it is that we're focusing on that particular area or yeah you know yeah. I, yeah it's this yeah absolutely I think and it's also the same with staff because there's so much misunderstanding out there and like when you know you see it in the papers and say oh they're teaching sex education to four-year-olds well that's because they don't understand the spiral curriculum they don't understand that actually you're not teaching about sex to four-year-olds you're teaching them about hygiene about how to wash their hands and look after themselves and respect themselves and that over time turns into relationships and friendships and emotions and you know looking after yourself you know sexual hygiene and you know respecting yourself and um you know and peer pressure and the pressure of having sex and all those kinds of things but that doesn't happen overnight you're not teaching that to four-year-olds you know it, it starts somewhere and the language around it perhaps isn't quite right and um communication is key like cpd is key but i think the other big pillar of pshe is communication and so when all those years ago when i was a very naive um 
senior leader and I just thought that oh my passion will get everybody on board you know, rubbish you know and I had people yelling at me across the room but I oh, we shouldn't be teaching sex here this is parents blah 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 and one of the ringleaders I got her over and I said look look at this booklet and she's like well I don't need to look at it because I'm and I was like just look at the booklet and she looked at it and I was like just look at the content and look at the titles of each um topic area we're looking at and she looked at it and she went oh oh this is more about relationships and I was like yes <laughs> we're not teaching the plumbing you know we're not teaching the ins and outs of actual sex you know we're like literally we're, what we're actually doing is teaching young people about relationships and respecting themselves and to make their own you know decisions and when she got that she was fully on board but because the word sex is in there I think people get triggered all over the place they're like, <gasps> kind of thing so um yeah so communication is really important about what what it is that you are actually teaching and what the purpose is the why you know and the how and I think why are you teaching this and how do we teach this and sharing that data as well like you said you know yeah. obviously you know we've we there's, there's so much data out there you know as i say public health like your, your police your 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 you know your electoral role there's lots of information you can get loads of data to back mm. doing those specific things and i think that conferencing all the time with with the staff with with pupils with with parents and carers and getting their voice about what they think is important and what's not and then saying well this is why we're covering this this is why this particular area has got more focus and more weight than that because actually this is an area that we know is affecting young people and we need and yeah. it's directly affecting our young people and that's why we need to do it and about I, I agree with you massively about sharing it with whole school because I think in primary it's a little bit different and you know Oscar will be able to tell us more on that but you know in terms of if your whole if all your class teachers deliver in PSHE then when you do that those discussions or that training or you know it's the whole it's the whole school but if but you know and teacher you know TAs and teaching assistants should be should absolutely be invited to those conversations but in a big yeah. secondary you might just have a department when actually as you know mentioned from the tweet from john before it, philosophically it's everyone's responsibility yeah to be a absolutely teacher yeah. so then share that information and we should share that content with the whole staff so cpd and, and sharing that information as a whole school as hard as it is as leadership to find that time because you know inset days etc and twilights and training sessions are valuable yeah. It is, even if it's once a year, is so important because it helps all teachers to understand what our young people are facing, which then directs yeah. their, their experiences of teaching the children as well. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah 100%. I, it, it's like Oscar said, you know, we're, we're all responsible for it. In, in secondary, we can get, I mean, this is where primary is great because they're all in it together really um in secondary we can get stuck in our little silos oh somebody else is responsible for that and it can get a bit you know isolated certain people in charge of that certain people in charge of that you know but like the truth is is uh things like resilience growth mindset um being assertive teaching young people to you know how many times i used to say to young people okay this isn't eastenders you can ask me you can speak to me about what you disagree with but try and do it like you know like you're not on a soap opera <laughs> and like uh, and so and but 
all teachers would have those conversations with children on how to uh, express themselves, how to talk about their emotions without being too emotional. You know, uh, that is a responsibility of all staff, whether we like it or not. Yeah. You know, we all have those heated conversations. Okay, it's not about sex or not about relationship, but we all have relationships. And so I guess it's a culture that we build, don't we, where we yes. talk and the skills acquired from PSHE and RSE at the at the the forefront of the of the school and, and, and celebrate these skills are maybe addressed within PSHE and RSE but actually are being implemented across the school and so there's a real value to the subject and that's why it's got to be tackled and actually for for, you know for leads that are listening or teachers that are listening they feel like they you know it needs more timetabling you know please get them your head teacher to listen to our, our show today but also maybe take some of the feedback from the show from the evidence of, of your community and from your pupils, your, your students, and take it to them and, you know, don't go down and bash the door open, but go in and knock and, and be assertive and say, we need to talk, can we have a conversation? Because actually, without timetabling it um, and, and putting that, and, and the whole school putting that weight, that emphasis, that um, that value on PSHE and RSE, we're, we're not actually we're not actually supporting our pupils in making that lifelong progress and, and developing those really important skills. Especially today when mental health and well-being for young people and teachers is on an all-time low. You know, it's, you know the holistic development is, you know, the responsibility is everyone in the school. Absolutely everyone from the site manager all the way through to their teacher and so on. You know, it's it's so, so important that staff know how to deal with young people that find it difficult to deal with their emotions because they don't always have that role modelled well at home. And the type of programmes, you see some of these programmes on TV, they don't role model that either. It's like you have a row with someone and suddenly somebody's under a patio or something. You know, it's just, where do they see good role models? Well, the best place is probably school. But then at school, if you've got teachers that can't emotionally regulate themselves, part of this CPD that I provide is to help the teachers as well, to be able to regulate their emotions, be more assertive able to um, navigate difficult conversations because uh, you must have seen this because you're in secondary two where teachers are just yelling at children and you know just saying that they're yelling at children right and I you know I'm gonna hold my hands up when I've lost it in the past you know I've yelled at kids but I've always said sorry I have to say and like uh, because you do you're a human being you are going to lose it but when you've got people just you know, I remember talking to a girl outside the classroom just and I used to just talk to them and say, look, you've come in, you know, all over the shop and uh, you've been a bit rude. How about we go in and start again? Is there anything you want to say to me? Oh, sorry, miss. You know, and so I've not given I rarely gave detentions because I talk to the children and get the important thing is to get them to understand that they did something wrong. OK, they won't do it again. End of. It's not about I don't see it as punishment. It's more about talking to people. And um, anyway, I sorted it out with this young girl. Uh, one of the other assistant principals walks past, then comes doubles back and then just bollocks her. 
just going to absolute massive rollicking. You're always in trouble. You're this and you're that. And I stood there and I was just in complete shock that this guy had absolutely nothing to do with his conversation, calm conversation I was having with his teenager. And he just lost it with her. And she was shaking and upset and angry. And I was like, oh, you know, when you're just going, oh, God, that's it. My, my lesson's ruined now. <laughs> But I, I, after he went, I had to calm her down all over again. And I thought, oh, my God. You know, and this is where he might have been having his own issues. So, but he's taken it out on that kid. But then the knock on, the ripple effect of that was horrific. And she just felt I'd got her to a state where she was nice and calm and ready to come in and work. But he just came along and blew it all up. You know, but we've all seen that. I, I mean, I definitely think that's where PSHE plays such an important part because it does give it gives everybody those life skills and that's reflect yeah. skills and to and to you know part of PSHE like you said is communication and is about reflection and I think that is that that's that's a plays a huge part, doesn't it, in PSHE and why we champion it so much. Mal, yeah. we run out. I could talk to you all day. You are absolutely <laughs> and I just want to say a huge thank you to yourself and to Oscar for coming on today because I genuinely have absolutely loved hearing from both of you and from your different perspectives of kind of primary and secondary. Um, it's been incredible. I've written some takeaways for myself that I'm going to think about, but for listeners. I would say constantly review your curriculum, personalise it where prop, where possible and use that data, whether it's feedback from staff, students, parents, your community, whether it's public health, police, whether it's your census, whatever it is, use that data, use that voice to personalise your curriculum. Um, think about what's happening in the wider and local community. Mal, that definitely and Oscar, both from you, is something that's really I'm going to really take away from today. There are lots of good resources out there, but remember to be careful and make sure that you're thinking about how to use them and whether they're appropriate to use. Reach out to charities and local organisations. If there's gaps in CPD, if there's um, if there's if there's areas that you think your pupils need more support support on, reach out to those charities and organisations. You'd be surprised how many of them will come in and support. Um, I also think CPD, can't stress it enough, both from Oscar and Mel today, CPD regularly, whether it is as a team, individually, or whether it's as a whole school, I think is really important. And as part of that, check in, look for gaps in pupil knowledge, but also in staff knowledge, and really, really put that weight and emphasis on CPD for everyone involved in teaching PSHE and RSE. It's what helps staff feel more comfortable and it's certainly in what gives us the skills to be able to deliver a really, really high quality curriculum. Make sure you create those safe spaces, not just for pupils, but also for staff as well. Make sure that you're giving opportunities to have those confidential conversations with staff if they need additional support. But for pupils, creating that safe space, whether it's in form time or a timetable lesson, if you can, perhaps some uh, anonymous feedback um, surveys or absolutely, if you can, like a box, a drop in box where pupils can ask questions and then they can be addressed within the classroom at a later date would be um, is a really good way of engaging. And finally, it's OK to not know. There are going to be questions that are asked that you don't know the answer to. Don't try and answer them if you don't have that knowledge. 
go away and uh, and say to pupils and, and students, I actually don't know, I'm going to have to go away and look and find out that information for you and then come back armed with that knowledge so that you're giving our students the right and correct knowledge. But also you're showing them that we don't know everything, that PSHE and RSE is an ever-evolving topic because what it covers is ever-evolving. So there are, you know, that you're never going to be able to know everything um, it has been an absolute pleasure to, to to do this show today. I am, like everybody here, so passionate about PSHE and RSE. It, it really does offer an opportunity to equip our, our children with lifelong skills and knowledge. Um, so as Oscar said and, and Mal said, don't always worry about the evidence. But if you're not, if your school isn't buying into it, isn't valuing it in the same way that you think it should, then maybe it is time to have those conversations. Arm yourself with that evidence. Arm yourself with the feedback. Even arm yourself with the with the with this show, and ask your head to listen to this show. Um, but do champion it because it's through PSHE and RSE that we can really change our pupils' lives and give them those skills and knowledge that will last them a lifetime. Um, thank you so much for listening today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Again, a huge thanks to Mal and to Oscar. Please follow them on social media. They're both absolutely fantastic and have a wealth of knowledge and experience um, and opinions that are really, really valuable. So please give them a follow. And thank you very much for tuning in today. I will see you all again soon. Thanks very much. Take care, everyone. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.